Hello and welcome to the Just Like Us podcast. Just Like Us is the UK's LGBT plus young people's charity. And uh, I'm joined by my other host, uh, Heather, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Heather. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm super excited to be back on season two of the Just Like Us podcast. As am I. My name is Isaac. I use he, him pronouns. And yes, it is good to be back. And we are back with a fantastic guest as well. We have the honour of having her with us. Uh, she is a life coach and she is also part of UK Black Pride. And uh, hopefully she'll tell us a little bit more uh, about what she does herself. This is Shah Bailey. Say hi. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for welcoming me to your podcast. Um, you are right, I am a life coach, a peak performance coach and an NLP practitioner. That involves lots of things around helping people with their mindset, helping them make plans for their success. And I suppose in the community we might call it, we have a day job and then maybe a gay job. And so my gay job <laughs> is working with UK Black Pride amongst lots of other organisations. But my main role for UK Black Pride is education and inclusions officer, which means I go out into the community and talk about how we can be more inclusive and raise awareness for the 70 odd countries where being part of our community is still illegal so lots of fun stuff but also lots of important stuff too that's amazing, yeah, thank, amazing. You thank you so much for joining us and thank you for telling us a bit more about your role it's my absolute pleasure can i just say i'm a huge just like us fan i did a little bit of work with just like us uh, last year uh, for the ambassador program and i was blown away by the stuff that you amazing beings get up to so thank you so much for having me here and thank you for the stuff that you do it's awesome we do it because we absolutely love doing it that's that's why i'm still here i genuinely have a great time and have made so many friends being an ambassador for just like us so no thanks needed, but much appreciated. Love yeah, it. definitely. So to get to know you a little bit better, just as a person, as a human being, we have a set of five quick fire questions. I'm just going to throw them at you and you're going to answer. Is that all right? Come at me, Isaac. I'm ready for this. Let's go then, Shah. Okay, the first one is music or meditation? Meditation. And I've seen that you have this in your Instagram bio. So it might be a hard choice or it might be a really obvious choice. I don't know. Hug a tree or hug your dog? I have to say hug my dog because I just love her so much. <laughs> um, but I will highly, highly, highly just recommend hugging a tree daily. If there's a tree nearby, give it a hug, please. It feels so, so good. Looks yeah. like hug your dog might have to go in the bio instead of hug a tree though. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, Shah, night out or night in? Night in every time, out yeah. fail. Creature comforts. We've gotten so used to it over the last year and a half. We've gotten very good at having nights in. I'm excellent at it. You should see me with a microwave and a popcorn. I've got this. Oh, yeah. Perfect, got ideal night. London or Wolverhampton? Wolverhampton, Bab. <laughs> oh, mate, you've got Easy. to love where you're from. Absolutely. Well, I love London and I went to university in London and London will always have my heart. My partner's based in, in London as well. So I absolutely love London and I love the community there. But home is home for me. So Wolverhampton all the way. One more for you. Fancy suit or comfy pyjamas? Oh my gosh, this is so hard because the pyjamas. Because I feel like the suit is an occasional thing whereas the pajamas are a constant comfort 
giver and I'm big into like a nice pair of fluffy pajamas. Come at me, I'm here for it. As you know, we are a charity. Um, the bulk of what we do is going into schools and talking about what it's like for us as ambassadors growing up being LGBT plus and our various identities and um, kind of, yeah, how, how we live our lives now and that you can have an awesome life and be LGBT. And I know that's something that you advocate for as well. So I wanna ask you, growing up, what was it like being LGBT plus for you at school? I always sort of knew that I was part of the community. And so I found it odd that other people didn't have the same feelings that I sort of uncovered that other people felt differently. I didn't sort of know that I felt differently. It was like, oh, that's okay, but that's still my normal. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until I got into sort of like my late teens and I, I could identify other sort of queer or LGBT plus people at school that I sort of was able to sort of embody part of that. I also played for a football team outside of school and the coaches of the team were actually a married lesbian couple. So I oh, was amazing. like aware of this alternate lifestyle to the one that I had sort of been sold, but I didn't really get to experience it or be a part of it until much later on into my teens. I was much more sort of wary and conscious of the fact that everybody else was doing other things and interested in other things than I really, really wasn't. And I want to ask as well, so you said you were sort of able to start identifying people in your school or obviously people that you were doing ex extracurricular activities with who mm. were LGBT. Did you have any LGBT plus role models that you can think of growing up, people that you had to look up to, maybe that you didn't necessarily know personally? I guess for me, I didn't sort of have anyone that I looked to. It wasn't until I was much older and I discovered UK Black Pride and I discovered who Lady Phil was that I sort of had somebody to look towards. I guess before that, um, I spent a lot of time in year 11 at school um, really ill and I was actually in hospital for part of that time. And one of the school liaison, I think she was head of year. I know that she was a member of the LGBT plus community and there was a time that she came to visit me in hospital and she bought me a sort of stereotypical teen girl magazine with like some free makeup in it, which was completely not me. And she also bought me a football magazine. And to me, that was like a really nice, wholesome, just acceptance from her that she recognized that there was this fluidity in me and that I wasn't just like all the other typical teenage girls. She really took the time to acknowledge that part of me. And it wasn't until later on that I knew that she you know i knew that she was lgbt plus so at school that was just like a nice little it was like a wink to me that was lovely and i guess my when i was 15 i was really privileged that my best friend came out as trans to me and that was i guess you know i don't want to give away too much about how old i am now but that was like a good 15 years ago and having them in my life and knowing the journey that they were on although it was separate from my journey just knowing that they existed that was really supportive to me just having them in my life as a friend and knowing what they were going through I could really relate to them and lean on them quite a bit 
Yeah, it's quite hard to overstate just how powerful literally having the one example of something that you're perhaps not used to or that is new to you, close to you, how much of a difference that can make for your understanding of it. Because I can stand there on, on a stage and explain it um, to no end, but it's always going to be the people who have somebody close to them who have already experienced what I'm talking about, who really go, yeah, yeah no, I get it. And you really don't need to explain this to me. Mm. Um, I think that's really powerful. Uh, so at your school then, would you say it was mostly um, like a supportive environment when it comes to LGBT plus topics? Yeah, I don't know if LGBT plus topics were ever really discussed. I never learned about LGBT plus community or I didn't learn about gay rights in history or anything like that. So being part of the community and doing what I do now is still really new to me. I never experienced anything like um, the things that you do in schools. Like I would like I would have been like mesmerized to see people like you turn up and, and do the things that you do. Then I want to ask um, what effect would a Just Like Us school talk have had on you? I think it would have just given me the opportunity to feel in one sense a little bit of I don't really like the term normality, but just to feel the same, just to feel on an evil, even keel, or equal to others. It was really frightening and isolating. I didn't know that people of colour could be queer. I thought when I, you know, I thought there was something seriously wrong with me for feeling these feelings. I thought that, you know, part of, for part of my time in school, I just sort of denied who I was and said, oh no, that's, that's not where I am. I've, I've changed back. I, I did this whole coming out and coming in thing because I it never felt safe. So I feel like having that, that voice, that representation, somebody to say, hey, it's okay and we exist and your experience is valid and these feelings are valid. It took me a long time to learn that it was okay to be me. In fact, more than okay to be me, it's excellent to be me. I love being me, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes there's that whole thing where you can't you can't be what you can't see and because I couldn't see it I didn't think that I could be it so I'm just mm -hmm. lucky to have found my chosen family and have been able to have been nurtured and to grown into the person that I am mm -hmm. yeah and that actually leads really nicely on to kind of um another thing I was kind of wondering about which is how do you feel your life has changed now since you've left school yeah, so my life has changed massively from when I left school. When I left school, I had this view that we all have at school that I had to follow a certain process and do certain things. And by doing these certain things, that was going to equate to success. And the work that I do now has taught me that my success isn't necessarily what I thought it was. It's not about all of these things that I need to accumulate. It's actually not needing all of these things and being satisfied in what I can give and what I can bring. I've learned now that who I am is for me more about what I give, what I do, the impact that I have, the connections that I make. I'm, I'm so much more certain about who I am that I can go out and tell my story and connect with people and help them to be more certain about who they are. And for me, that's the, the biggest 
the biggest gift or the best thing that I could do with my life. If I can make one person or help one person to see what I see in them and to recognize that there's things in them that are amazing, then that's my sort of purpose serve. That's my life's work done. And before I accepted who I was and embraced my LGBT plus life and shared it with my friends and family, I limited myself as to how much I could give. When I wasn't honest about who I was, I wasn't able to share or, or make a difference. And now that I'm really honest about who I am and how I feel, I'm able to share that. And that's been the biggest difference for me, just being more open to sharing and connecting with other people. You mentioned earlier um, this term chosen family that we hear a lot as LGBT people. Of course, it's one of the most important things, um, at least certainly for me. Um, how do you feel about family now, whether that be chosen or biological? Um, family is really important to me, um, both biological and chosen. Um, my biological family, I'm really privileged in having a family who embrace all parts of me. And that wasn't always easy for them. It took me a long time to come out to myself and to accept who I was, let alone try and help family members accept that and embrace that. So we had a lot of empathy and compassion in our relationship and there's an understanding that we have grown together. But what my biological family haven't been able to do that my chosen family have been able to do is offer that level of like understanding and relatability. And being part of UK Black Pride has really opened up a whole new avenue of self-expression. I'm able to talk to the, to the girls about girls and I'm able to talk about things that maybe I wouldn't feel that maybe my family would embrace, but they wouldn't be able to relate. So for me, having that chosen family is really important. It's really part of my soul work, if you like. It's really nourishing to me. I have to have that. It's part of like building who I am and strengthening who I am. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so important to know that chosen family can sometimes give you something that your biological family who you just happen to get they can't always give you but chosen family is always an option um and i know especially me as a trans person that the trans community that i've been able to find i don't i don't know where i would be without those people who it took a long time but i managed to surround myself with love and with understanding and like you said with empathy and with compassion with people who can really listen and can help me in the same way that i can help them i think that's so important mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know how you and, feel about it heather yeah i was just going to say i i was really related to what you're saying there isaac about kind of the idea and also what you were mentioning Charlotte, earlier about the idea of not just what your chosen family can give you but also that mutuality of the relationship which I mm. think is really really important and kind of the fact that um you can both give and receive um in kind of a um in a kind of very balanced way which is not always possible depending on one of particular circumstances but not always possible with your kind of biological family um and I think also kind of that there's sometimes people can feel almost that they're trapped with their biological family that is a fixed point and that there's no way forward. Whereas if they don't have a good relationship with them and some of my friends um, have kind of expressed that feeling to me, luckily I have um, a more positive relationship, but there's always 
that opportunity like you say for growth and to have the find your chosen family and find your people so um I think it's a very freeing concept as well mm. I have a vague idea of a question that I I want to ask you and I haven't quite formulated the wording of it in my mind yet but um both being people of color um in the LGBT community I think it can be quite a different and sometimes isolating experience just based on what I've learned from speaking about it with other people in a similar position to me. Have you found the same thing that it can often feel, leave you feeling isolated within the community and how have you dealt with that? Absolutely. I mean, people where I'm from, I've, I come from a very white place. The majority of people where I live are white. And so I often felt like I was the only person like me. And I had this idea that when I came into the LGBT plus community, that it would just be this like safe haven of happiness and joy. But there is this real reality that there are these smaller groups there, you know, the community is a microcosm of the world. And so some of those same issues are prevalent in the LGBT plus community too. And so for me, it was about not just being part of the community, but finding my home within the community. Mm. And that's why I joined UK Black Pride because everything that they stood for, everything that they wanted to do wasn't just about creating this community, but it was also like Heather mentioned earlier, this idea of reciprocity, of being able to give and receive, of being able to not just be saved and be pitied and to have somebody say, oh, we'll come and scoop you up but also to have this sense of self where I am worth something and I, I am valuable. And now I'm not just valuable, but I'm within a community where I can be valued. And when you feel valued and you feel like you have a purpose and you can give, for me, that's when you know you found home. I know that everything I get from UK Black Pride is without the expectation of anything in return, but I want to give something back because that's how we keep our community alive. That's, yeah, it's amazing to hear. It would be great to hear like a little bit more about when you kind of discovered UK Black Pride. And could you tell us just a little bit more about what that process was actually like for you? Yeah, it was really cringe. It was <laughs> so cringe. It was me seeing a UK Black Pride advert on Facebook and DMing, slid in the DMs of <laughs> the Queen, Lady Phil. <laughs> and the message is something like, I love you <laughs> and thank you for all the work you do in the community. It's my, I think I said, it's one of my goals and my dreams to meet you and just to be in your presence. And I'm so grateful for every, like that you even exist because before I saw you, I didn't know that people could be brown and black and LGBT plus and happy and successful and winning at life. And as soon as I saw her image, I, something came alive inside of me. And about two years later, I sent another message, slid back in the DMs. Of <laughs> um, and she did respond to the first message, actually. She was very kind. And she said, like, um, you know, she said all the lovely, nice things that you want to hear from somebody like her. And a couple of years later, I saw that they were volunteering for ambassadors or for people to help. And I was pick me. Um, and I went to a meeting and that meeting was like, the biggest exhale that I've ever exhaled. I'd never sat around a table of black and brown 
or POC. And there was even the question, you know, how do you want to be referred to? Do you prefer black? Do you prefer brown? Do you prefer POC? And nobody had ever thought to even ask me that before. And just knowing that they cared enough to care how I felt about that, when no one had even considered that, that was home for me. I just knew right there and then this is the place where I'm going to stay. That resonates because whenever I do talks, I always, because we speak in a lot of schools, especially if we're speaking in London, where it's majority POC um, and there is often this misconception that being LGBT plus is like a white issue or it mainly happens to white people. And based on the way that it can sometimes appear from the TV or the movies that you're watching, it might look like that. So I can't even blame those kids for having that misconception. But when I do these talks, I, I often think about how I might be the very first, not just very first trans person that they know is trans that they're interacting with in real life, but who also looks like me and therefore looks like them and falls into that identity. I feel like just from looking at their faces, sometimes it kind of almost makes them question the community that they're in. Like, well, if there are people that look like me and are like this, they must be in my own community too, because I haven't seen anything like this before. So that really resonates of how it, it can feel like it's all kept away from you in, mm. in a little cupboard somewhere. And then one day you open the cupboard and it's all, you know. And everyone <laughs> comes out of the closet. <laughs> Everyone's out of the, the cupboard, closet, whichever expression you'd like to use. Um, so yeah, that's really fantastic that you found a home within UK Black Pride. I, I did actually go to UK Black Pride um, a couple of years ago, whichever one was the last one before lockdown. It was fantastic. I miss it dearly. <laughs> Um, oh that's amazing yeah what is your for both of you it would be great to hear like what your experience was in your first like UK Black Pride and um also I guess for kind of our younger listeners what you know it's so powerful that you both are being those role models in schools in your different ways but are there other people who you would recommend for them to to look up to who can we say I think if you google the UK Black Pride team anybody who is part of that team is an absolute force of nature I'm so proud to stand beside these people because they are all forces and they are so diverse they are uh, black and brown uh, all across the diaspora they are trans and non-binary and gender fluid and gay and lesbian and bisexual and pansexual and and just a wonderful family um, but somebody who is a real light to me is a person called Shiva Rashandani. I don't know if you know them, they're a non-binary dancer. Um, I knew them from when they were on Britain's Got Talent and oh. we later became friends. Um, but to see somebody who looks like them with a beard in a sari, I'm half Jamaican and half Indian, so part of my culture and heritage is South Asian. So seeing somebody in a sari I always laughed when I had to go to an Indian wedding with like bindis, bangles and sandals because I, I cringed at having to wear them. But seeing somebody who embraces their culture and their queerness and their culture intertwine, they are so open to being exactly who they are and representing their culture and where they're from, but also embracing that they are LGBT plus and that they can be just as LGBT plus as they are South Asian. I think they're actually Indonesian, but they embrace their culture completely. And for me, that is a light. They speak about how positive their experience has been and how much they want to give that positive experience back. And so for me, anybody who is out here just trying to 
do some good, put some light into the place, make people feel a bit better, give people a verbal, virtual hug or whatever it might be. They're the people that I want to follow. They're the people that I want to look up to. They're the people that inspire me. So yeah, Shiver, I love them. I love them with all of my big brown heart. <laughs> Shah, we have one more question for you. Um, this is it, it's the last one. So we, we ask this to everybody because it's one of the first questions that ambassadors get asked to respond to when they apply to volunteer with Just Like Us. If you could send a message back in time to your younger self, what would you say? I'd say you're amazing. You deserve to be loved, whoever you love. And most of all, don't forget to love yourself because that's really important to me. And I still often forget that one. Sometimes I'll be like doing all this stuff and I'll be like, oh, I haven't looked after me for a minute. So maybe that's a message for myself and a message for me now. But yeah, I think that's probably something that I want to tell myself every day. And I think one of the things that we should all be really consciously aware of as we grow and as we go through our LGBT plus experience is that things are going to change and we are going to grow and our relationships will change and the way we interact with people will change and nothing is going to stay the same and neither are we and that's okay because it doesn't have to and our growth is amazing and our experiences are valid so as much as we can reflect back we should also be consciously aware that we're allowed to grow, we're allowed to fall, we're allowed to make mistakes, we're allowed to not feel good, and we're allowed to be better at the end of it too. I think that's very well said. Yeah, thank you so much, Shah. Thank you for joining us. And also Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope you've had a good time. I yeah, think. like, I've been looking forward to this for, like, forever. I was like, oh, my, I can't believe <laughs> just, like, us want me. I'm so happy. Of course we want great. you. Yeah. What we want no, about? Of course we do. It's been so exciting for us, and it's been just so great to chat to you, Shah, and just hear about all your experiences and... Um, yeah, no, it's just been such a fun time. So for the sake of the audience, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just plug in those socials so everybody knows where to find you. Oh, of course. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shah underscore Bailey underscore, or you can visit my website, which is SharBailey.com. Fantastic. And if you're looking to follow Just Like Us, which if you're listening to the podcast, you probably should. Maybe you already do. But in case you're not sure, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok as well, we are at Just Like Us UK. And if you're trying to find us on Facebook, then just search Just Like Us and it will come up, uh, as is the nature of search bars and uh, algorithms. Thank you, Heather, as well, for joining me on co-hosting. And I've been Isaac as well. But most of all, thank you, Shabaley, for your time and your insight uh would you like to say a little goodbye um goodbye everyone thank you for listening and remember if you enjoyed this podcast to share it with somebody who might also benefit and remember also that isaac heather and everybody at just like us is amazing so share everything that they do keep following their journey and keep following your own journey too right you are thank, thank you, you and goodbye